I'm telling you, when you step into the supernatural, it's not you trying to have fun. It's about you making room for God to display himself among his people and claim them back to himself. So when we as a ministry are engaging in the supernatural and we're praying for healing and we're calling forth for miracles, signs and wonders, and Jesus said we'll even raise the dead and cast out devils, these are things that God wants to do and he's looking for that Elijah who will make room for him to show forth so that the people and the nations of the world will see him display himself and return to him. And so they filled the water pots and the water was poured upon the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time, a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it the third time. The third time, you all know what the third means. Like, it was fully immersed in water. It went into the wood. It soaked it up. In the natural sense, it will take up to three or maybe a week of drying such wood in the sun for you to be able to have fire come on it. So he was making sure that there was no explanation in the physical of why his God will light fire. And the God of Baal will not. He was going to make it very impossible in the natural for this fire to come forth. He was going to make it very clear to the people of Israel that God is truly God. And that he does not play games. And that he owns the supernatural. And he owns them. And that he's worthy of their worship. He's worthy of them returning to him. There was going to be no excuse here. If somebody else says that, oh, maybe he puts gasoline. No, there is water on the wood. Oh, maybe he didn't go underneath the wood. Well, pour more water again. Oh, maybe um, he poured it to the side. Well, pour it a third time so that it is completely immersed in water and there's no excuse. God wants to display his glory in your life so that there is no reason why anyone would doubt that he is your God. And so he did it a third time and it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, one, two, three. Let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. God's word is our guide. Is a lamp unto our feet. Is a light unto our path. Make no mistake. So Elijah moves by his word. What God has placed you in this earth to live by is by his word. Hear me, O Lord, he prays. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and it leaked up the water that was in the trench. 
The God that answers by fire. This fire is not the fire you see in the physical. This fire is from his throne and it is superior to earthly fires. And so you see something. You see something show up on the earth that the Israelites had never witnessed what it had happened before when Moses was in the burning bush and there was a fire that came forth upon the bush and it wasn't consumed because that fire was not of the earth. It was the fire from the kingdom of our God. And you and I are placed here from that kingdom upon this earth to call forth our God to come and invade our physical space so that all eyes will turn unto him as the God that answers by fire. So he comes and he consumes the wood that is soaked into water. His fire consumes it. And even the trenches that Elijah had built around the altar, the fire leaks it up. This fire leaks up. Hallelujah. It leaks up. This kind of fire leaks up. It burns and it leaks up water. It leaks water. It swallows water. Water cannot stand before this fire. This is the kingdom you belong to. God wants you to call on him so that you can pull from that kingdom what this earth has never seen. So that the mind frames of men will change. They will encounter a fire that leaks up water. It is all he's doing. It is all he wants to do. He is looking for a son and a daughter who will stand on the face of the earth and make room for him to come and display upon the earth what the earth has never witnessed before so that they will no longer look to Baal but look to him as the one true God. Today your generation stand before you watching to see if this one true God will come and move in your life so powerfully that they will see something happen on the earth through you that has never happened before. Change in the entire dynamics of how they saw fire. Change in their perception, their experience of fire. This fire leaks up water. Then the fire fell and consumed the burnt offering. Even the sacrifice was consumed. And here were the prophets of Baal crying and tearing themselves up and prophesying and climbing on top of their own sacrifice. And here on the other side, <laughs> the God that answers by fire, his fire leaking up. Water his fire burning the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. His fire burning the wood. I want you to see it in the spirit. That water was nothing. That water was nothing. It was just for them to see. Elijah was making sure that they saw that this God is not a God that messes with things that he has created. He's not scared of things he has created. But a created God called Baal has deceived them. And he's no match. He doesn't even come close. He's not deserving of any worship. Yes, so it consumed the wood. It consumed the stones. <laughs> the 12 stones, it consumed the 12 stones. 
the God that answers by fire claimed back his nation, name by name, the sons of Israel. Name by name, the God that answers by fire consumed and took hold of the hearts of his people via the stones that were represented. And the dust, even the dust was consumed. A fire that, that doesn't create ashes but consumes dust. It is not an earthly fire. This fire consumes dust. It doesn't create ashes. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The Lord, he is God. Thank you, Jesus. They fell on their faces and they repeated, the Lord, he is God. God had claimed the hearts of his people by the display of his kingdom. The hearts of God's people can be claimed by the display of his kingdom. And you and I are here to do that, to make room for that to happen. He wants to make it happen. And so Elijah said to them, seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. He executed the prophets of Baal. Yes! Against one man. So when you come to 1 Kings 19, 1, where Marie just read, and then you hear Ahab had gone to recount this powerful, majestic display of the God that answers by fire. And instead of Jezebel to stand in amazement at this God and turn to this God, what did she say? Marie, please read 1 Kings 19, verse 2. So then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me, and even more, if by this tomorrow I don't make your life like the life of the one of them. Wow. So after this majestic feat, this majestic display that God himself showed amongst his people, and his people returned to him and called on his name, Jezebel wasn't there, but Ahab the king was there. She goes to this mother witch and tells her what to place. And then she releases a word, sends a word, a demonic whisper to Elijah. Sends a word and says she was going to kill him. She literally sent a spell because when people say things like, let the gods do to me and even more also. It's a spell. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Words are powerful. Why would you call this a spell? What are the origins of a spell? It comes from spelling. Spelling. Words. So when demonic words are sent against a person, it's a demonic attack. And it comes through words. Yeah. 
So the demonic realm will run with a spell, spoken words or curses, and the demons will be activated to fulfill it. You and I know that God's word will go forth. He says in Isaiah 55 verse 11, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effects, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is what God's word does. And so the demonic empowers their word too, through demons, using a spell to see. Because remember, the demonic copies what takes place in the kingdom of God. Because Satan existed in heaven before you and I. He knows God. He knows the ways of God. He knows the principles. He knows the laws. He knows the things set in motion. And as a counterfeit, he exhibits his counterfeit ways through words as well. And it's empowered by demons. And so when this came to Elijah, it was a whole different ballgame. It was a whole different ballgame. First, there is a challenge right now. A challenge is taking place in the spirit realm. The life you and I are living right now is a competition. When we accept Jesus Christ, we stand on the side of God. We are the ones to display God on the face of the earth. As it was with Elijah, the common denominator here in our walk in this earth realm is you as a son, you as a daughter of God, walking in dominion and power. We are the common dominator. God has given us dominion to take over, to overcome. Jesus literally gave us the keys. He said, I give you authority to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. So there is a competition for supremacy. Who is the most powerful? Let him show himself. It is the contest where the winner takes it all. All those around you see the display of God and they come to serve God. And if they don't see the display of God, they go to Baal. So it's a contest of who is the most powerful. That is why it is important for you and I to grab this in our daily walk. As you battle through that disease, as you battle through that challenge, as you battle through that marriage, as you battle concerning that child, as you battle in life in general, you face these opportunities where God's power is meant to be displayed in you because you are in a competition. And this is very clear. When Jesus Christ stepped into the scene, he had entered into a competition. Immediately he stepped into the scene, he had entered into a competition. Right from the get-go, Herod got wind of this king. And what did he want? It was to kill like Elijah, like Jesus. When Elijah stepped into the scene of a contest and he won this contest, Jezebel came after his life. When Jesus Christ stepped into the scene to display the works of God, to show who is boss, immediately the kingdom of darkness through Herod began to come after his life. So this Winning 
of a contest, this victory that you and I keep encountering every day by winning battles and allowing God to display himself in our lives. It comes at the cost. The demonic realm is upset. This scenario where you are feeling attacked, where you're feeling like a fear come on you, where you feel like I don't need to be here anymore. This kind of thing is not new. It's happened before. Mary, please, can you read verse 3? And Elijah was afraid and rose and ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. This is the scenario. God has called you to display him to all those around you. And you have been victorious. You have fought against that disease. You have fought against that opposition. Those arrows of darkness, you have fought against them. That demonic worship in your household. You stepped into the scene and you caused it to cease. You began to raise godly children. You began to move in the spirit of God. You began to desire the things of the spirit. You began to speak in tongues. You began to operate in the spirit. You began to pray over people. You began to move in boldness, in confidence, in embracing the kingdom realm of your God. You did not look like anybody else. And so Satan recognizes the scenario. He recognizes it. It has occurred before. And the enemy knows how it goes. When a man or a woman of God like you, yes, you, when you step into the scene, the demonic realm knows they will not win. And the spiritual challenge in the spirit realm will display God's power in the midst of his people. The spirit realm in darkness knows that God always wins. It will result in their fall and death to their prophets. And by death to their prophets, I'll interpret it as exposure. The demonic realm is exposed of his weakness. People will see clearly God is the true God. So by the death to their prophets, this is what it means. And it will result to people pulling away from the influences of this religions of idol worship, universe worship, mother earth worship, new age, chakras, all the strange things that people worship, they will be exposed for who they are. The demonic realm knows that because you have stepped into the scene, this is what is going to take place. So basically their impact will no longer be as strong as we see it. So they will do everything in their power to oppose you. The spirit realm in darkness has seen this whole thing play out before. So they know how it ends. You and I are here today because of generations like Elijah who won this spiritual contest. So will you, will I, grant generations after me, after you, the same privilege we have received? Two kingdoms are warring. When we read in 1 Kings 18, 21, Elijah approached the people and said, how long will you not decide between two choices? How long will you keep faltering between two opinions? You're wavering here and there. You're like, okay, I can do this kind of meditation here. I can do this type of yoga here, but I will speak in tongues. There's no clarity. There's no surety. 
You're picking from here. You're picking this thing here. Oh, maybe I should put some crystals here. Oh, maybe my palms can be red and do it in church. Oh, I can go to that prophet to prophesy. Well, the prophets of Baal were referred to as prophets. There were 450 of them, and there was just one prophet of the Lord. This is what we are faced with today. Two kingdoms warring against each other. Two kingdoms competing for supremacy. And Elijah went on to say, the Lord is the true God. Follow him. But if Baal is the true God, follow him. And the people of Israel, a people named after God, did not say a word. Today, the body of Christ is so caught up in new age practices that we can't even decipher what is of God or what is not of God. So as it was with the Elijah, I repeat to you, you and I are the common denominator when the kingdom of God and the kingdom in darkness is going at each other. All of these kingdoms are seeking for who will reign on the earth. I got to make it very clear to you. It's all about reigning on this earth. God's kingdom reigning here or Satan's kingdom reigning here. This is the true competition. If you were not aware of it, who is the most powerful? So today, Baal is showing up in all kinds of new age practices and religions. Attesting to a God who meets their needs. A God who makes them wealthy. A God who heals them through Reiki and stuff like that. A God they can sell their soul to. You see our young ones frustrated and cutting. The suicidal spirit that wants to take their life. That is the spirit that Jezebel released upon Elijah. And now Elijah began to seek for death. He's like, I'm not better than my forefathers. Elijah, the Elijah that never saw death, was calling out for death. Because of this demonic spell that was released upon him. That is what Baal comes. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so when you feel a fear come upon you. When you feel that you are worthless. When you feel that there is no point for your existence. When you feel all of this come at you. Don't panic. Don't panic. It is to be expected. Because you are displaying the kingdom of God. God is establishing his purposes in you and the enemy is threatened. So the enemy will release this fear and keep you running from the plans of God. You cannot sit down and absorb this fear. I'm telling you, this is the fear that has kept the body of Christ complacent. Because none of us want a target on our backs. None of us want a target on our backs. So we'd rather just sit down and eat our cute little donuts and talk about our kids and how they are doing so well and getting all these good grades or growing up so cute and oh God is so merciful to you. No, oh my daughter, oh this person walked up to her and gave her such a pretty rose. Oh glory, hallelujah, it's awesome what the Lord is doing. So we settle. We settle for the little, little things of this world. And we do not press into the supernatural. We settle for the little things of this world and we do not press into the supernatural. But the God that answers by fire wants to release his fire upon the face of the earth so that the earth will witness a kingdom 
that is superior to all other kingdoms. Don't forget to listen to our podcast because there is a limitless supply of God's spirit that wants to reach you. And I pray you're a willing vessel to listen and also share and see that God's truth is released upon those you love to see breakthrough in the lives of those you love. And I encourage you, please grab Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. You need this book. I don't want you to miss the detailed truths, the testimonies of God's tangible presence moving in your life that you may not have seen until you are able to engage this and see them clearly outlined for you. So I encourage you, grab this book for yourself and your loved ones and take the time to read it. God bless you. God's face shine upon you and have just a beautiful day. I love you so much. Okay, have an awesome day. Bye now.